You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 513. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the Fox Sci-Fi series, Fringe. And, uh, yeah, second to last week for you, and and, uh, obviously, before we went on the air, we started talking about what we're going to do regarding Foundation when it drops and i'll make my correction in a few minutes for the uh mistake i made last week about where it's going to air but uh yeah i'm pretty psyched uh you know uh, i think we both enjoyed foundation season one i didn't realize it was a year and a half ago when we did the podcast for season one wow so i guess in this day and age of uh streaming services only waiting a year and a half isn't that bad that's talking to you max and uh <laughs> game of thrones slash house of the dragon but yeah whatever I mean, almost anything right like doctor who for crying out loud oh my god yeah you I know? know i know you know it, it's funny and i've mentioned many times and i was listening to my doctor who podcast last night radio free scarrow and you know it's as i've said i just like listening to these guys i don't care what they're talking about whether it's nhl hockey going to england you know whatever and yeah i i really on the one hand feel sorry for them because they they certainly try to talk about doctor who but they're they're now to the point where they're talking about um how they should rearrange their doctor who dvd collections <laughs> on their bookshelves at home right. and and whether or not they should just get rid of the boxes and use those like you know those sleeves uh-huh. and the, the little notebook kind of dealios um and the one guy's like oh yeah i threw my boxes away i'm thinking you threw your boxes away oh my god yeah no yeah oh, so I, I i have i have like I'm, I'm, yeah i have i have to make some hard decisions on on dvds and Blu-rays. Uh, in the, no, I, I haven't really bought many in a long time uh, because I would just buy stuff streaming, and then I realized, hey, sometimes I buy movies from Amazon, and then a couple months later, they're gone. Well, that is true, and and you know certainly uh, that is a reality. Although it does seem as if you know a show leaves one service. And pops up on another. Even Westworld has popped up somewhere, albeit I think you have to go through ads. Yeah, Um, it's like on Tubi or something, right? Right. But but these guys, they're they're in Canada, so they're not only buying the North American version of the DVD set, but for some reason they buy the UK version as well, even though they can't play it. Well, they just need to get a you know like a region two right region two yeah player? i guess i guess but I guess. you know and then the one know. guy i don't know how those things work he doesn't even open them they just they still have the cellophane <laughs> but anyway wow. I, that's a fan yeah that's yeah, shockingly right we there. digress but uh yeah <laughs> uh anyway well the point our, is yeah that doctor who freaking yeah as as you're saying like even the guys on radio free scaro have basically nothing to talk about anymore it's been so long yeah, since there's been new Doctor Who material, and you know, like we're still waiting. I don't know. Well, you, well, you know, they used to be were we doing get a, one a year, pretty much, right? Well, yeah, and they have been doing classic Who, where they do, you know, like uh, basic. I can't even think of the term now. You know, they they talk about it as they're all watching it together, and. I don't know if they've run out of that because they're on episode like 910 for their podcast. But anyway, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, We really appreciate you guys. And and if you want to contact us with feedback, questions, whatever, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that. Uh, If you want to send audio feedback, you got a six minute limit on that and just send us an MP3. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right, I mentioned Foundation at the top of the discussion. It returns for season two, July 14th, to Apple TV Plus, not Max, as I mistakenly said last week. And I also made another mistake last week, although I had to, uh, I, I recovered in time by looking it up while you were talking. Um, I think that was that season two of Good Omens. Um, 
is it good omens or bad omens? Good, good. <laughs> good omens. Uh, I think I had said season two had already dropped and it in fact hadn't, it but had I, was, I managed to correct that one. But the book is great so far. I'm loving the book. All right, cool. So, all right. Well, speaking of books, uh, I am watching, and you'll see where this is going in a second. Yeah, I was uh, hoping. I'm watching the Netflix political thriller, The Diplomat. Actually, we finished it, starring Carrie Russell, who we know from The Americans, Rufus Sewell, the man in the high castle. Oh, yeah, okay. And Russell's character, and I'm surprised that this hasn't like popped up on your Netflix feed constantly where they're trying to get you to watch this the way HBO has gotten you to watch Succession finally, but that's yeah. a story for another day. Russell is slated to return to the Middle East a position she relishes when a British aircraft carrier is attacked, which leads the president to reassign her to the UK as the new ambassador, which she is not pleased with. So that's all I'll I'll say about that, but really good. My wife and I really enjoyed it. But better beer though. Yeah. uh, A lot of similarities with her character, you know, the, that we know in the Americans and, and in terms of the marital situation between her character and Rufus Sewell's character, uh, you'll see a lot of similarities, but, uh, but yeah, but the other thing, and, and, you know, when I mentioned about reading, uh, we just started this other show on Netflix, the patience of Dr. Garcia, which is a, a sp- Spanish language show and on, on the one hand you know the the trailers make it look like kind of a romance show and and yes there's romance and and there is a good amount of sex and nudity but it takes place during the Spanish Civil War and I feel like I had a reasonable handle on what the Spanish Civil War was about but I yeah, I was constantly going to my computer as we're watching. It's freaking to, complex, man. That oh, is, my gosh. That oh. is such a fascinating uh, moment in history and the complexity of it. Like, it just bears, like, what we got in school was just the most amazingly simplified version that doesn't even. So, yeah. Yeah. And my thing about reading is I I would just urge my MAGA friends to, uh, I would say get a book. I would say get a book, (laughs) but at least, you know, go to Wikipedia so that when we make a statement that Ron DeSantis is a fascist in line with somebody like Franco, you know, we're not just blowing smoke at you. Look it up, read it. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> Channeling my uh, best Forrest Gump. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Well, like I said, uh, reading Good Omens, which I am really liking a lot. Love that book. So not unlike the, uh, it's very in the style of kind of like uh, Douglas Adams as well. Though Neil Gaiman, of course, and Terry Pratchett, both very accomplished writers in their own. Um, as you mentioned, I uh, have started Succession. I've already kind of stalled, though, Dave. Uh-oh. Um, and, you know, the show is, its I mean, obviously it's good. It's kind of funny. I just, I don't know, to, like, just see a bunch of overprivileged white kids who are, you know, not super confident, not confident, competent, you know, who have had everything handed to them and, and how they'd run roughshod over everyone in their lives. I, you know, I mean, I don't know. I will I will definitely pick it up. But what I realized was that uh, Strange New Worlds begins in now 10 days on the 15th. I think it's the 15th of June. And I'm like, oh, well, I got to get my Strange New Worlds rewatch in before the new season starts. So that's one reason I had to you know, hit pause on succession a little bit. In addition, it's tomorrow is June 6th. So that means I got to watch band of brothers again. Wow. Yeah. I was just watching some of those, uh, about maybe four or five days ago, they were running on, I guess the history channel mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't, 
every year, but that, you know, pretty much every year around this time in commemoration of the, the D-Day, um, you know, I go and I'm gonna watch Band of Brothers, which is probably one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, full stop, but it was great. So uh, uh, two nights ago, I guess, uh, from the library, I, found, I took my daughter to the library just to like, okay, well, you know, go to the library. Do we go to get books? No, Dave. We went to look through the DVDs at the okay. library. Okay. But I got in the library at least, so that's I feel that's a that's a W. Uh, but uh, one of the movies we got was Bill and Ted Face the Music. But we didn't have a chance to watch it that night, so I watched it the other night. And as a you know. As a solid Gen X member, I can admit freely and without embarrassment that I do like the Bill and Ted movies. And I thought, while not really great, uh, Face the Music still was pretty decent uh, Bill and Ted fare. And uh, their kids were pretty good. So, um, And, you know, it had a guy, you know, Jimi Hendrix was in it. Not obviously the real one, but everything. So uh, if you enjoyed the previous Bill and Ted iterations and you haven't seen uh, Face of Music, which is now like two years old or two plus, it came out during COVID. Um, actually, so it's like three years old now, probably. And uh, But if you haven't seen it yet, but you like Bill and Ted, you, you could do worse for an evening. All right. Solid choices. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, let's get to Fringe. Episode 14. Season two, titled Jacksonville, written by Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz, who wrote Gray Matters, which was the one, you know, missing pieces of Walter's brain. Yeah. And they also wrote Momentum Deferred, which was the one with Teresa mm, Russell. That was a good and, one, yeah. Yeah, and they were looking for Newton's head. Right. Uh, directed by Charles Beeson, who's got a lot of genre cred, including multiple episodes of Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, but uh, gosh, that was so long ago. And this is 2010. I, I did read that he died of a heart attack at like 63. Wow, so geez. Yeah. But anyway, this one aired February 4th, 2010. Now this episode turned out to be the mid season finale. And as we said, it aired February 4th. So it was a full two months until the next episode aired. And of course, this one's titled Peter, which it. And we were probably effing. complaining about that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, two be- months. We have to wait yeah. two months before we uh, get another 12 episodes. Come on. Uh, I know. And back then, it better have been titled Peter after the final scene of sure. this episode. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, I I really like this episode. Yeah, you know, oh I don't. Oh my god, I don't, it was so good. Yeah, so <laughs> so we so might good. even we might even be talking plus range. But yeah, uh, I, I, I don't get ahead of yourself there, Dave. You know, but okay, okay. You know, like, but you know, we get those opening scene clues, and I don't know if I noticed. I certainly didn't notice the first watch this time that Manhattan was spelled with only one T, I, which totally noticed that and then of course i had to go all right wait a minute it ha- does it have two t's or two n's <laughs> so <laughs> you know i was pretty sure it wasn't you know and i'm like okay well they wouldn't have mistyped it so you know and, and then of course the idea right, but, about but the- i like i saw it and i'm like wait a minute i think they spelled me ahead with only one t and then like i said it does have two t's right <laughs> like I, yeah i did a quick spell check like oh yeah right okay all right and i rewound it to make sure and yep. indeed, they spell with one T. So I'm like, oh, well, okay, we're in the, the alternate world here now. Yep. And then when they talk about the coffee shortage, which goes back to what we've learned about the blight in the other universe. Now, I guess you could argue that, well, okay, you know, you look at this architectural firm, you know, it seems to be pretty high tech there, you know, the walls aren't falling down Well, they start well, falling yeah. down when the microquakes start. But, but you know what I'm getting at? It's like, all right, well, can't you grow stuff into, I mean, this is freaking coffee we're talking about. And even though I'm not a coffee drinker, if it were tea, I, I, I'd, I'd want, you know, the, the government to put everything aside, figure out how to make my tea bags. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah. Right, so I'll let that one go. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, we've got the microquakes, and and it's not that we haven't had earthquakes on the East Coast. Hell, we had one when we were at work. Yeah, we were at a well, staff meeting. 
yeah, what was it like ten years ago? Yeah, um, I was. I've never gotten out of that building faster in my life. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you know, but but the Manhattan, the coffee shortage, and certainly once we're into the episode, you know, a, a few more minutes, like, oh, okay, that's the other uh, universe. But I, I guess, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I know you'll agree with me on, on one level here, the, the fundamental theme of this episode really revolves around whether or not Walter and William Bell went too far with the children. And I know there are other themes, but this one just really strikes me as the single most important one in the episode. And I know on the one hand, you want to say, well, of course they did. But, but did they? Right. And I think the, this episode does not actually take a stance on that. It seems like it does because we clearly sympathize with Olivia when, because she's pissed, right? She's all kinds of pissed. And she, she says, you know, basically she says to Walter, what's wrong with you? You know, you were doing this to children. But that being said, it's Olivia with the quote-unquote superpower that was the result of these experiments that's able to save the lives of all those people in that building. Yeah, right. So does the end justify the means? Right, because had Walter and William Bell assumed that adults would be able to develop this power, you have to believe they would have used adults. I, I don't think that they set out to abuse children. Now you might, again, you might argue, well, yeah, but they did anyway. And, and, and again, we could argue this all night, as you said, do yeah. the ends justify the means. And, and given the war that, you know, we certainly find ourselves, I don't want to say in the middle of, but it does seem to be certainly beginning with a vengeance at this point. But, but then again, you know, as Olivia says, uh, would you want to go find some more children to scare? Mm. So, yeah. you know, and, and of course she was terrified. And then of course we learned that, well, that's the key. Mm-hmm. I had to get you to the point where you were terrified. Now, again, did Walter know that at the time, did he know that fear was that critical component? Seems like they knew it. Yeah, I guess. And, and what do we just assume Walter just forgot that, you know, perhaps that's, you know, was was in the part of his brain well, that he no longer has. So well, he, he was. Really I, what did they do? Like whatever they did first. I guess at at first he he brought her into the room. It was just like, okay, there's you know sixteen things in here that are from the other world, and she's like, I got nothing. He's just like, damn it, you know, like he knows now they got we got to go the hard way, which means I got to scare you. Well, right. And, you know, it's funny when you think back to that scene and you watch Olivia walk around the room and look at the objects. And this is Olivia Dunham. I, I, I sense a certain level of confidence that she's going to be able to spot these objects. And then when she can't, there, there's that frustration level. And then, as you said, Walter didn't really want to go to the cortexafan which apparently has the shelf life of uh i don't know what because uh, like uranium yeah so i'm assuming they had the the, the cortexafan was still in this facility i you know i don't know that we saw walter bring it in or whatever and uh, yeah and, then, and yeah, then right. again, Did they just have it in the the cabinets there right i i guess <laughs> I, now now granted william bell bought this facility it doesn't look like anybody you know, has broken in. It is not like kids have written graffiti on the walls or anything like that. So we assume it's relatively secure, I guess. I mean, I mean, certainly we're not getting the idea. Well, they had a lock on the front door, Dave. So there you go. Yes, they did. Right, right, right. And also the, the, the um, combination was five twenty ten. Yeah. Now Alan brings that up in his feedback, trying to figure out what the significance of that, might be and in, in fact walter mentions that it was significant to william bell 
Now, I'm not sure how William Bell knew that the season two finale was going to air on 5-20-10, but I guess, I guess he knew that. So Yeah. Anyway, um, but beyond that, I got nothing regarding, right. you know, the significance of that. And, you know, I, I thought about, you know, looking that up and, and I was kind of afraid to go to the fringe wiki because I didn't want to learn, oh, you find out in season four that, so I don't, you know, I don't want to go down that road if we You don't can. want spoilers from the show you've already seen? Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, but Olivia's got to rekindle that ability to see the other side. And of course it's the reveal that we get at the end of the episode. That's destined to change everything moving forward. Um, Hell yeah. but, but you know, one of the things that, that we get to, and, and even as she's in the chair and Walt, uh, Walter's like, you might want to put on something more comfortable. And we're thinking like, all right, well, what's she going to put on this time? Uh, you know, I think the last time he said that when she got in the tank, uh, she was down to her underwear. Not, not so this time, just a tank top, but, it looked like Peter. Which is Al- that really more comfortable than what she was wearing before? Uh, you know, know, a blouse and a blazer, I yeah. guess. But uh, anyway, it looks like Peter's already got the IV in her hand, and Walter's like, left, no, right. And it's like, what do you think he was going to take the needle out? <laughs> and so, anyway, he, I, he, even Walter's like, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. So then we get that great scene where, you know, she's in the woods and again it it affects her almost immediately and then look i think we know immediately that's her younger self i was a little surprised it took her you know that long because as she says to peter i have a freakishly good memory i don't remember anything now the mind is a, a remarkable tool and this maybe was such a horrific time in her life that it's blocked out but you know now that we know about walter and parts of his brain having been removed should we start wondering whether the reason she can't remember jacksonville is something was done to her that's certainly a possibility right so the fact that walter doesn't remember doing it doesn't mean it wasn't done right there is certainly william bell is in play and you know, uh, you know, a uh, host of nefarious individuals, you know, n- you know, not the least of which is uh, Newton. So, you know, anyway, um, but we get to the part where fear is that catalyst that allows her to you know, see things from the other side. So what is it she's afraid of? Because it seems to me as I'm watching that scene, is she afraid? I mean, because it looks like Peter's going to lean in and give her a kiss. Oh, for sure. So is that what she's afraid of? Or is she afraid that she has failed the world? I mean, not just the FBI, not just team fringe, but the entire universe. Yeah. That's where I'm going with that second one, because she's scared and afraid before Peter leans in. The, I, I thought it was a little not very gallant on Peter's part that he takes this moment where she's anxious and stressed out. Like that's the time he's going to make his move and try to kiss her, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know what you're saying and I agree. And then on part of me is thinking, do I want to use vulnerable and Olivia Dunham in the same sentence? And, and that's, totally unfair because as competent as she is as brilliant i mean she can still have moments of vulnerability as can anyone and this is certainly one of those moments but again their relationship is such that we don't feel like he's taken advantage of this moment I, i i think i have to believe it just feels natural to him to do it and maybe he would regret it after he did it he probably would, and they'd probably look at each other like, okay, uh, you go here, I'm going to go there. And yeah. That, that would be awkward, the right? Like, you know, and you have to, you know, Peter must be like, oh, where where do I stand? Like, we were right about to kiss. Like, she totally was going to let me kiss her. 
And then all of a sudden, she came with some idea, and she just totally walked away. So, well, you know, like, even, where are we? <laughs> right. And even at the beginning of the episode, after you know that opening scene, you know where all hell breaks loose, and you know the other side comes over here, she calls Peter to tell him, you know, about New York. She's really flirting with him at the same time. You know, teasing mm-hmm. him that he's won a trip to New York City and he starts flirting back. Uh, take, I thought I told you to take me off the list. And and, and then he... Well, I, course, I would say it's maybe more banter than flirting, but uh, still, okay. like, there's there's a fine line, I think. Okay. And then, and then he extends the joke, which I thought was brilliant, Yeah. to, to Walter. Fantastic. I've never won anything before. Yeah. <laughs> and... You know, of course, we don't see, and maybe it never happens, where uh, Walter realizes we didn't really win anything. Yeah, did we, son? hey, <laughs> wait, we're here with Fringe. I thought this was supposed to be paid for. Well, yeah. it is, but yeah. Right. Now, you know, we we see the uh, the plans for a new Pentagon, and, you know, one, one of the things that, that Walter asks you know the the dying guy who who has got the the dying guys yeah right right it's got the well well one of them's already dead but it's got the beam through his shoulder but but he's asking him because walter already has an idea of what has happened here and he just needs the verification and we're thinking like all right 2010 yeah check uh obama's the president okay check 9-11 pentagon okay well they attacked the pentagon in our universe as well oh they didn't attack the white they house they did not attack the white house right and then we go back to but, that 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 episode where olivia is over the in the other side talking to william bell and she sees that newspaper thing about the new white house right so right. i guess you know we don't know what level of destruction was rained down on the white house but uh, yeah there is a new probably one. Probably pretty bad. I, I I was just wondering who maybe would have been taken out in that attack. So on the way house, I'm just that might be an unpatriotic thing to wonder. So I'll just skip it. You know, you know. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I just remembered. Okay, so I mean, uh, but by this point though, like if you're only paying attention even just a little bit, you've sorted out that this is in the alternate world, right? Like if if you missed the Manhattan. Certainly, the discussion about coffee is going to raise your your suspicions, and um, you know. So you're probably, you know, when Walter asks him what buildings were attacked on September 11th, like we know what he's doing, right? We get it. it it's not like why would he ask that? What a stupid question! Ask this poor dying guy. You know, if they had said about a toilet paper shortage, they would have said, "Oh." 2020 2020 yeah Yeah, exactly um toilet paper uh yeast right but you know walter certainly makes it known that he he knows what's going on here but it's olivia that says i know exactly what's going on here william bell warned me that two universes colliding would be the end result if newton was able to open a window which we assume he has we we do see and it's funny i missed it my first watch uh, this week and saw it on the second watch where they have a surveillance photo yep. of Newton and, you know, one of his guys. So we certainly know that Newton has to be at the center of this. I don't know what else makes sense to assume, but, you know, so now, now what he hoped to accomplish at this point was this just some sort of a dry run to test you know, how, how long he could keep the window open. I mean, what's the deal here? Is it open a window and let the soldiers pour through? I, I guess, yeah. I, you know, we never, I mean, I think we talked about that briefly at one point, you know, what this coming war is actually going to look like. But Yeah, but uh, you know, one thing we see is that things on the other side are not great, right? Right. They've run out of coffee. Um, they, now, is it because of the blight? Is is that the the single m- most well important factor? I you know, I don't think we really know a hundred percent, 
But you know, we just know that life on the alt world is not great. So when we see how motivated the people of that world are to like win this war that the people on this side don't even really know is happening yet. Um, you know, we kind of get it, right. We kind of see that they've been, um, suffering way more on that side than, than the people on this side have. Yeah. I mean, certainly that's what it would seem to be. And that's not to make light of how much suffering, goes on on our side for right. a significant no, not, portion not of the population. Right. But, but uh, now Astra brings up something that I, I, I think we should at least address. As we've said many times, there are very few, if any throwaway lines in a series like fringe. And as, as she and Walter are, you know, examining this guy's body. And I love the fact that she looks in the body bag and tells Walter, I can't do this. He's like, nope, I'm out. Right. And she fully understands all of the horrific things she's seen. Whatever it is about this, it's just too far. And he's like, yeah, you can go through the box of evidence. Look for anything that doesn't seem right. Uh, Silver dollar with Nixon on it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's disturbing. Walter says, but she mentions how sad it is that this guy's wife is just going to think he disappeared and is going to get no answers as to what really happened. Does she think her husband left her for another woman, for another man, for was he killed in some sort of accident and his body was never recovered? Well, just I mean, not, the, the building would have disappeared too, right? Well, so. but, but again, what are they telling them over True. there? I mean, here they're telling them, oh, it was controlled demolition. We didn't want to tell anybody and get anybody, you know, so nah, nothing to see here. So we don't know what they are told over there. But then we have to, again, we, we still don't know how, this Peter got from the other side to this side, you know? Well, right. And you know, when Astrid says that, like that, Oh, over there, he'll just have disappeared and his wife won't know what's happened to him. You know, that seems to strike a chord with Walter. Yes. And, and how can it not? And, and y- you have to assume that's exactly what Peter's family went through i i guess it was what, what do we know that he was eight years old he's when eight yeah so i mean what is he now i you know i, like I should know the dates from the 30 gravestone right so however long um all this time wondering what happened to him will today be the day our peter returns to us so you, you know the, that that line is just so so important i think you know outside of you know the 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 obvious with this dead guy or as you said dead guys yeah i mean the one guy's not married so he doesn't have a right a wife but but he's probably got a family so um but but then we we get that idea that Olivia was the first i can't remember if he says the only child i think he says the first child to be able to see things from the other side, which implies that there were others. Um, now, Dave, do, do we already have the episode where she's like chasing down people she was at Jacksonville with? Well, yeah, that was in season one. Right, uh, okay. Uh, Nick, so. Nick and... Uh, right, 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 right. Right, because that, uh, that was the episode, I That's believe, a, where they were up on the roof and yes. getting people to jump off. right. But that's like the first that we really kind of heard about Jacksonville, I think, right? Right. Like yes, and and that she had been paired up with with Nick. Right, and and it seemed like she was kind of like the star pupil, if I remember correctly, from that one, or maybe I'm just. No, no, I think you were, and 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 the whole idea that that she was known as Olive mm-hmm. back then as a child, and 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 again we get that that poignant glimpse where she looks on the wall and she sees her name and you know the little mark that that says how tall she was at that point and on the one hand it's just got to be infuriating to now 
understand what was done to her back then, even though she doesn't remember it. So I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing that she can't remember. I guess it's a good thing. It's probably mostly a good thing, I would think, yeah. You even see, like, Peter. I mean, he's pulling the covers off of these chairs that are clearly meant to restrain a child. And you just see, like, he's got, like, a little look of disgust on his face there, you know, that, you know, to... This is not okay, right? You know, with, with them, and again, we said that the the episode as a whole takes kind of like a, a, a you know a, a middle ground stance. It doesn't really take a firm stance one way or the other on on this issue. But um, you know, clearly, Peter and Olivia like definitely are not on board with what Walter was doing there. Well, yeah, and you, I, I think Peter in this episode, so much of his character and his character's importance is, is just what you said. It's the looks, it's the things that he doesn't say that are most important. But given everything he's seen, everything he knows, as you said, you know, there, there's this middle ground, this ambiguity as to whether or not Walter and William Bell should have been doing the experiments they were doing at, in Jacksonville. And it, it almost seems like Peter should be more angry, but in the back of his mind, he understands what's at stake here. And I, I think we were talking last week, whether or not Broyles knew about the alternate universe. And I think at the time we said, well, yeah, how could he not? And and uh, the same with uh, Astrid and and so yeah I think we know that they all know and yeah and and we get to uh, go inside the massive dynamic lab and uh, I can never remember the dude's name Brandon, the guy we, right Brandon and he knows about it so he, I mean I don't want to say it's common knowledge but certainly among you know this this inner circle with mm-hmm. whom you know we're we're dealing they pretty much all all know about it so. You know, Nina's probably like, I just hope I don't have to explain this again. I just bought these two snow globes, and I don't want to have to wreck one again. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Pretty interesting when we learn that not only was young Olive able to see objects from the other side, but she's got that pyrokinetic power. I'm the fire starter. A twisted fire starter. Right. As well... uh, um yeah so uh you know a little allusion to stephen king and uh young drew Drew barrymore yeah right right Um, yeah great book great movie um but never uh, saw that one actually really yeah you know i i I wonder how dated it would be now because that's got to be late 80s i would think yeah like drew barrymore i think she's like my age maybe slightly younger but um, this might surprise you, Dave, but uh, my parents would not allow me to see any scary movies or anything like that at all. Yeah. Stephen King was right out, like yeah, no, wow. okay. no Stephen King at all. So um, unless one of my buddies had, uh, you know, got in the Betamax that weekend, I wasn't seeing any of that stuff. <sighs> uh, anyway, um, but but then Olivia enters that charred room. And then squats down in the corner, yeah. and, and you see where clearly that that part of the wall that did not burn be, because it must have been some sort of like protective whatever around her body, and she's just so frustrated and angry at this point. But and yeah, like her- still like finding refuge in the exact same corner that she found it when she was a child, you know. Well, yeah, and and you know, on the one hand, you half expect that that would be the catalyst that 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 would take her back. But again, as she said, the problem is I'm not afraid of anything. Yeah, and you know, I we know what she means, and and I, I think she would be the first to tell you. Well, yeah, there's certain things I'm afraid of because I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm I'm not going to uh, you know put my hand down a 
garbage disposal drain when there's no. a psychopath with his uh, hand on the switch. Yeah. No, so don't do that. Don't do that. As we said last week, maybe, or the week before. Uh, uh, it was recently. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. You mentioned good old Vex. Yep. And then broils. And, and you know, it, it's funny because I've used this line several times and I guess I had forgotten where I heard it. And, and maybe broils is, you know, channeling somebody else that said this, but there are times when the only choices you have left are bad ones. <laughs> and I just, I love that line. For me, that's like most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that line. And you, and you think, you know, that, that it can find itself in play in so many situations. I mean, you think in, in terms of uh, military leaders and, and you just politicians as well, that, that the choices you have, none of them are good. Yeah. So, yeah. so just, just, make the best choice you can and and you know live to fight another day right understand that you know like you know you right you do the best you can and you make the choice that makes the most sense and you know will be the most good for the most people in this particular situation but um i thought another good not quite as good a quote as that one but still pretty good to show like where broils is at like leadership wise when olivia comes back from jacksonville she just kind of like shrugs her shoulder like and she goes i'm sorry and broils is like uh you didn't send that building over here you know so it's like it's not your fault you know you're trying to stop this but you're not the one who made this happen and you understand that yeah and you know it's funny and again i think we've mentioned this somewhat recently how Broyles' character has changed from that obstacle character to one that's simply all right what do you need me to do what do you need from me fine got it and and i don't want to say that i never want him to put up an obstacle again because i think there's going to be a situation not that i remember it but you'd think there's going to be a situation where fringe team is going to ask for something and it's going to be even too much for philip royals to agree to but mm-hmm. for now I, I i just love the fact that he's part of the team and you know sometimes he's the conscience but you know more often than not he's just just part of the team all right well we talked about whether or not um she's scared of failure or that peter's going to lean in to kiss her but <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of a buzz kill for peter uh, yeah so. definitely but yet he gets the the quote-unquote date later on yeah and, and before we get to that uh, olivia doesn't usually get the snappy lines but she's with that uh hotel doorman after the building has disappeared i think it's safe to say you got the rest of the night off work yeah <laughs> it's like, all right nice, nice one yeah, um yeah. well and, and alan said this i totally agree because i was thinking the exact same thing i'm like why doesn't she just like radio in and say all right here's where the building is that i can see like she can tell him where it is like she doesn't have to drive the car there well yeah but i guess it's that she i mean i think she did at one point tell them she knows what street it's on now I don't know how many buildings were on that that road, um, you know, because I mean, at one point I forget. I think well, there was just narrowed. the one that was the same mass, which also is something I thought very early on in the episode. Like they're just like, oh, well, you know, the, the the things that switch have the same mass. I'm like, bingo! All we have to do is find the building that has the exact same mass as the building that that uh, got sent over here. Uh, but that idea doesn't come up till almost the end of the episode, right? And at, at that point, they've got the supercomputer running, you know, the uh, the numbers. And, they should have had that supercomputer running like days ago. Yeah, good point. But uh, so this mumbo jumbo about Jacksonville yeah, for crying out right. loud. But uh, you mentioned the the final scene where Peter and Olivia. No, it's not a date, as he tells Walter. Yet, she has her hair up, and she thinks better and she puts her hair down what a great scene that's a date that's a date my friend and and just her outfit i mean again you that that previous episode about jacksonville where we 
we learn the reason that Olivia Dunham's closet is nothing but <laughs> black, gray, right. and navy blue. And even in this scene where she's going out for drinks with Peter, I look, I love her outfit. I mean, it looks super cool. But again, it's all you know, black leather, mm-hmm. the 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 dark pants, and and it looks great. And then, as you said, she, it's you know, I want to look good for Peter. So not that not that we needed that scene to know that the two of them like each other. We just never really had any clear cut evidence to yeah. what extent they liked each other. Right. Well, if you know. And I say the word if, but I mean, we all know we were all shipping Peter and Olivia. Of course. So, we were. Yeah. I mean, no question. So for those shippers, the ball got like, this was a big pass downfield, man. This is like, they really moved the ball downfield on the Peter and Olivia relationship here. Because even though the kiss is thwarted, uh, you know, he was going in for the kiss. She was ready for the kiss. Didn't happen. And now that she sees this shimmer around him. She knows he's from the other world. Yeah. And that seems to kind of might, you know, mess up his mojo. I mean, she's and, sitting here trying to talk to him well, while she sees this shimmer around him. Yeah. And, and then he says, I'm going to go grab a jacket. And, and Walter is now terrified. Please don't tell him. And then we cut to the credits. Yeah. And, We've got to wait two months, and you know I thought well, about we, all right. We only have to wait a week. Dude. Yeah, I know we only have to wait a week. Poor <laughs> Daryl had to wait eight weeks. We don't even have to wait. I could. We could watch it tonight. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm. I'm not sure what. Uh, how much freedom <laughs> of television watching I'm going to have because True. you know my wife and I are still watching uh, the. Yeah, you got, you got patience of Dr. Slate. Garcia in the yeah. Spanish Civil War. Although now they are in, it's like 1947. So uh, they're like at the at this point they're trying to sneak some of the Nazi war criminals out of uh, Spain still because um, that Franco was a nice guy. Um, he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what is she going to do? I mean, is she going to confront Peter? I think, and and you know what? I don't remember exactly how things transpire, obviously. I can't um, either. Um, I but, remember, like, this is iconic, though, man. This is like, I like I didn't realize it happened in this one, and it still took me by surprise at the end. Yeah. But once they did it, I'm like, holy crap. I remember, and the first time when I saw that, I was just like, whoa! Right. But even though, like, as we've been saying, I mean, clearly we know Peter, we already knew that he was from the other world. Like, you know, at least that was what we were suspecting. And so this has just confirmed what you know, we'd been suspecting for uh, probably about a year now. Right. And, and so now how does she go out to dinner and drinks? Because he says restaurant. I mean, I know he said drinks at first, but he, restaurant. Uh, how does she go out for dinner and drinks? with this knowledge yeah and not say something and what could she possibly say at this point without talking to walter first right it's almost like no no walter no you don't get to say that and then walk away (laughs) or in this case i'm gonna walk away with your son how is like well i mean you know obviously walter is super forgetful but how is like walter now that you know Olivia has her power back of being able to see things from the other world. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, w- did you not already realize that, like, one of the things you'd be able to see from the other world would be Peter? Yeah. Yeah, no question. Come on, bro. So. All right, what else? Well, the I, I, can't, I can't just say I like the line, but this was a very telling line of... Because, you know, like, we, we talked a lot about how Walter, you know, like, the end justifies the means, right? Thinking more about the advancement or the technology instead of the human element. Um, you know, Peter, when, you know, Olivia is on the drugs and not doing very well, pretty obviously, Peter says, is she all right? And Walter says, no, but she's not supposed to be, you know? Yeah. And that just kind of, like, that's it in, in a handbasket right there right i mean that just yeah. shows you like walter is like not afraid to cross ethical boundaries to 
So, though, again, as we said before, like, what are they trying to do here, right? They're trying to save people's lives. So that, that might be it, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the listener feedback. We'll hear what Alan's got for us from England, and we'll be right back. Hello, Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Alan from England here with feedback on the latest episode being Fringe Jacksonville. Firstly, what I'm watching, I finished the second and shorter season of Invisible City, uh, just like Dave. I thought the uh, older actress playing the daughter, Luna, looked really like the girl from season one. And in fact, it is the same actress, just two years later. That two-year time gap and her new appearance was made part of the story. There was less mystery than in season one, but some reasonable development. Uh, Yet again, I didn't fully understand a transformation that happened until the next episode. They sure love beings with flames coming out of their heads in that show. I was expecting about eight or ten episodes, but near the end of episode five, it was clearly coming to an end, and then it ended. I finished watching Brave New World. Wow, that last episode took off like a rocket into the Savage Lands, Totally agree with Wayne's comment that it kind of developed reasonably, understandably, and then suddenly went sideways in quite a surreal way. It was so well done, I don't know if I'm happier with it being resolved and finished as it is, or would be eager for another season, but now I hear there is no more season, so at least we'll always have Gary's chicken pies. Following Wayne's recommendation, I have just ordered the book. Fringe Jacksonville. Right from the opening, or the previously on Fringe, we can see that it's all about to kick off, as we say here in England. Less Monster of the Week and more the overarching story. I love the opening title showing Manhattan, but with one T, with the spelling indicating we're not in Kansas anymore. As does the comment about the real coffee. I think if that coffee drinker had been a Californian native like his colleague, he would have been out of that building in five seconds after those tremors started. I noticed this architect had a drawing for some annex to the Pentagon, which is damaged first by the spilled coffee and then indeed by the colliding worlds. He ends up with more limbs than he started with, which reminded me of a great story from a sci-fi comic back in the 70s and 80s here in the UK called 2000 A.D. In that story, there were two astronauts that crash on an alien world, and because the inhabitants of that world are beings with lots more limbs than heads than the average human, they think there's only one astronaut, and they put him all back together with all the available parts. That guy looked about as astonished as the architect here in Fringe. I didn't so much notice the rearrangement of the building, as it's only a quick glimpse, and I had to look at that a few times. It's certainly easier and a lot more disturbing to notice the rearranged people. And that blueprint, again, we now see is for a new Pentagon. And then we learn that the Pentagon and the White House were targets in the alternate 9-11 attack. I guess two heads aren't always better than one, but it's probably a mercy that neither of them last too long for that architect. It's certainly a lot more than Astrid could handle, and Walter, quite sensitively, gives her another task to do. But Olivia needs to take the last train to Jacksonville on the trail of her abilities to detect this glimmer. I forgot how important that was going to be until the exact moment it then transpired at the end of the episode. Walter's combination of 5-20-10 seems like it's going to be significant, but he doesn't know why, and neither do I. It could have been a date, May 20th, 2010, but they're already in 2010, so that didn't seem likely. If it was about alphabetic characters, it could be E, T, J, but that didn't seem to mean anything either, so I gave up on that. It certainly is creepy in that experimental place with the child-friendly decor. It gave me a real dark bunker kind of feeling, although at least Olivia as a child fared better than those experimental subjects in uh, Wyndon. I love that Walter's moment of urgency, seemingly about Olivia's condition, involving Peter to open that case, which turns out to be a request for pretzels. <laughs> that, that was great. Back in Manhattan, the dogs are barking, while in Jacksonville, Olivia is not happy. To say the very least, 
with all this experiments from the past. Reminded me of the previous episode where scientific advancement was first and morality a very distant second. We hear she started a fire with her mind. That reminded me that Walter's assistant had died in some kind of lab accident, but I couldn't remember if it was a fire or not, or whether this was the lab. Without the glimmer, Plan B seems to be about identifying likely buildings, but with 147 of them, it's not easy to evacuate without causing significant damage or injury. Broyles' comment about sometimes the only choices left are bad ones reminded me again of a recent episode where they were trying to contain that virus outbreak. I wasn't sure if Olivia was scared because of her failure to prevent the impending disaster or because Peter was about to kiss her. But it's the trigger she needs. Does she really, really need to drive all the way there? She could see the building from a vantage point and could have just pointed out to people who could then attend, you know, locally. Anyway, after the building disappears, Peter and Olivia get about five seconds of normality and happiness when their first date is impacted by Olivia seeing Peter's glimmer and then seeing Walter's reaction. Oh dear. Superb episode, lots developing and the promise of things to come. Take care. Alan from England. Now he brings up Olivia starting the fire with her mind. I'm guessing, as Alan kind of alludes, probably not related to the lab fire that is is the event that seems to have sent Walter to St. Clair. Illusion uh, to Stephen King's fire starter shouldn't be overlooked, as we said. So uh, that's pretty cool. And then the only other thing I, I would just say, I, I certainly agree with, with you, Wayne, that Alan needs to grab a copy of Huxley's novel. Dude, you're not going to be disappointed. It's short. It's only like, I don't know, 180 pages, I think. Well, he, he said he ordered it, so. Okay, okay, cool. Hey, so. Just tell us how you like it, Alan. I, I, you know, I, I have a strong amount of confidence saying that I think you'll like it, but uh, you know, let us know. Yeah, um, I've, I've read it, gosh, at least three times, maybe even four. I, I, I read it. I guess most recently when we were covering the series. Yeah. So anyway, uh, anything else about Alan's feedback? Um, oh, he meant, he says the last train to Jacksonville. I don't know if he was referring to the monkey song, the yeah. last train to Clarksville, you know, but Clarksville is actually where uh, Dave used to, and I still work. So yeah. Um, yeah. Solid there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's back in Boston that his Walter's assistant Oh, also, I, I am solidly in the, I, I wish we had more seasons of, of Brave New World. I, I really like that show. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the actors and everything were great. Loved it, but alas, right? Yep. So, all right, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back with that. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Fringe episode Jacksonville, Season 2, Episode 14. Or, according to IMDb, Episode 15. Okay, let's start with what I'm watching. Of course, Fringe. Of course, still Sleepy Hollow and Imposters. But I also started with a 2016-2017 series of two seasons, The Shanana Chronicles, which has a quite... Hobbit-like or Lord of the Rings-like feeling to it, and it's also filmed in New Zealand. Okay, coming back to last week's podcast, two topics. The first one is the spreading of the toxin in the previous episode. You were wondering why Walter had to go on higher grounds and with this, let's say, water vapor pistol... I think this toxin can be spread in different ways. So, like in very hot water, it vaporizes, or in a candle, or in a smoke grenade, like in that alley, or just in very small water drops, steam actually, coming from this pistol. So, that is why Walter had to go up. So, actually being able to let it rain in very small drops. Topic number two. As a Northern Black fan, you know I'm quite into clones, but I didn't think last episode about cloning this Alfred Hoffman as you did. And you were also worried if he is walking around as clones all over the world and doing these kinds of experiments everywhere. I had no thought of clones at all. And that's because Walter said that in his 
analyzing of the genetic material, the guy should be 100 years old. So he was thinking his experiment failed. But I think the experiment was right. And just this one guy is 100 years old. And as soon as I saw him on that photograph, that got confirmed. So I had no feeling or ideas about cloning at all. Oh yeah, there was another topic, a third topic actually, that you said that Walter was a kind of childish not to accept Peter's apologies. Well, if you apologize, the receiver doesn't always have to accept the apologies if the thing that somebody did is bad enough, especially when that's on purpose. You just don't accept the apologies. And since these books were so important to Walter, I can imagine that he says, well... This is a thing you did. It was very bad. I don't accept your apologies. It's nice that you make them, but I'm not accepting them. Period. And yes, Wayne, there is a difference between a hole and a hole. I advise you to take a Dutch course and I will determine your grades. Okay? About the episode Jacksonville. They should have called this episode Resentment. I really, really wonder... It is that this series still has uh, some episodes to go, but the resentment of Olivia towards Walter is so obvious. Good news. It worked. What the hell is wrong with you? Anything? Nothing. Now what? Should we find some more kids to scare? Of course, last episode it already started that Walter performed his own Nuremberg trial... The resentment was seen on her face and now she discovered more and more what he did with these little children. It's a wonder, but she has no choice that she goes along with his experiment. And now she discovers that the Peter is a Peter from the other universe. So there are a lot of questionable ethic topics within Walter. Shouldn't there come a moment that she really doesn't want to work with him anymore? Or will we get that for a few episodes? And then there will be some kind of reconciliation and a kind of redemption for Walter somehow. And this whole thing can become even bigger when Peter discovers he is from the other universe. Will Olivia and Peter both turn their backs to Walter? And the only one that helps Walter will be Astrid. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. So Fred thinks that the uh, 100-year-old Nazi dude is a lone wolf rather than one of many clones. And uh, as you and I have said many times, anything genetic will defer to to Fred's expertise in that regard. Um, So I'm not sure, Fred, if that's kind of what you're getting at, that that there's something genetic involved here that would preclude multiple clones from being an option. So uh, now, resentment as a title choice, I love it. And I I don't think that's the last we're going to – see that from olivia you know unless well look i was gonna say unless something big happens yeah i think that what happens at the last scene is qualifies as something big happening yeah it's pretty big um but but fred also mentions whether you know the series of events seeing uh peter glimmer arguably being the least uh, of things that she's got to deal with as it relates to walter will she back away from working with walter i mean i don't know how you do that within the context of the fringe team but you know good writers can yeah do a lot so i mean there's a lot for olivia the process right here man yeah yeah so i i certainly think we could see her walk away from the team now i don't know if that would then put astrid because she is an fbi agent so uh, i don't know if we see astrid carry a gun but i mean she is an fbi agent sure. you qualified to go in the field so if olivia goes off and does whatever that would that might be pretty cool i mean i can't see it happening anytime soon given that they've got to address uh, the Peter 
problem at this point, and, and certainly the next episode is titled Peter. So, uh, But still, I, I think that would be pretty cool to see for a short period of time. We, you, you and I have said many times, you don't want to split up the characters for too long, and, right. and it's fine. You've got Walter and Astrid working together, Peter and Olivia, then maybe Peter and Astrid and Walter, and all that's fine, but you, but you don't want, you know, Everybody but you got they great. They, there's a chemistry there, right? Like right, between exactly. all of them, and sure. uh, and you don't want to mess with that. All right. Anything else about Fred's? No, I think I'm good. Okay, I'm going A plus, dude. I I I don't. I just A doesn't seem to be quite enough. It was pretty freaking good. I mean, I you understand know, if you want to go. A. I know. Like, I just, you know, I just feel like. I know. I, I I guess we can kind of justify it as it w- was a the mid season you know, mid season finale. So it was a finale, right? We tend to leave our A pluses for like finales, right? Yep. Um, I mean, it was just such a good episode. I, you know, I just I, I feel I don't feel right. All right, give it the A plus, but you know I, I feel like it deserves it. You know, like what we'd say with AP grading, right? Like you you give them. You reward them for what they do well and don't punish them for what they don't do well. Not that there's anything I can think of here that they didn't do well, which that uh, in and of itself means I should give it an A plus because I can always find things wrong with every episode, and I can't really think of anything with this one. So, yeah. Well, I'll give it an A with a vertical line. All right. I'll, I'll take away the horizontal line for the plus. <laughs> All right. Well, then I'll put the horizontal line in there. Okay. So we'll give it like each half an A plus. Yeah. Okay sounds good a plus ish all right well things are really ramping up and as you said a a little bit ago fortunately we don't have to wait eight weeks we only have to wait one week and you know depending on how things go maybe uh, only a couple hours to see the next episode right yeah man i'm i'm Uh, looking i think my wife and daughter have taken over the tv downstairs so i'm out of luck i think oh oh well yeah All right, well, we will leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe, the peripheral Brave New World, anything in your genre world that you would like to bring to our attention. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about the Fringe episode titled Peter. But until then... Well, you know, Dave, it's a time of the year where we have our evaluations for the year. And I'd like to read a quote from my most recent evaluation. I thought this kind of nailed it, right? said, uh, you channeled your fear into anger, which is why you're so good at your job. <laughs>